Wasiku, come with me, barked Juanetta, her beady eyes glinting in the afternoon sunlight. Badaway had been gone for two days, and Maria was surprised by how much she missed having him around, especially when Juanetta took the opportunity to annoy her. What is it, Juanetta? Just come, and don't ask so many questions, impertinent girl. She rolled her eyes, behind Juanetta's back. She'd done it once to the old woman's face and had to duck a swing of her walking stick. I'm coming. She stood and laid the bone knife on the plate where she'd been preparing lunch, then caught up to Winetta's retreating figure as she hobbled slowly away. Where are we going? she asked, stepping over a prone dog. Winetta grunted in response and kept going. Do you really need me? I was just in the middle of... Juanetta stopped still and glared at her. The black of her eyes were covered in a grayish tinge that gave her a sinister look. Come. She continued over to Hanavi's teepee, grinned and tapped the door flap with her stick. The chief emerged with Anankasan right behind him. Anankasan had a long pipe in his hands and a trail of smoke wafting from his nostrils. I brought her to you. Now she's your problem. Juanetta cackled. She shot Maria a look that filled her with dread, then turned and shuffled away, pausing only to spit at Maria's feet. This time, much to Maria's surprise, Hanavi rolled his eyes. Juanetta has stiffened with age like an old deerskin, he muttered, sounding almost apologetic. Then the old chief straightened and looked her in the eyes. We need salt from the salt spring. It is Anand's turn to get it, but he needs a woman to help him. He wants you to go on the journey with him. Maria's eyes widened and she trembled. She'd always worried Anand might take out his frustrations on her over Bodaway, showing him up in front of the entire village. But at the same time, she didn't want to go against the wishes of the chief, especially now that she was his daughter-in-law. I don't know if Bodo would like that. He'll be back any time from his hunting trip, and if I'm not here, he won't be happy. Anankasan turned to Hanavi. She may be right. Then he faced her again. But I want to do this for Bodo, to show that there will be peace between us. Besides, we should be back before he returns. It's just a short trip. Anankasan sounded so gentle and humble that Maria was almost suspicious. What had happened to the cunning brave who sported a smirk more often than not on his sharply chiseled features? Hanavi seemed not to notice. This is what Anan told me as well. He wishes to end the division between him and your family. And I approve. Well... If Anakasan really was turning over a new leaf. I will go then. First, let me ask Tomoa to look after the children. Anakasan nodded. I will load up the ponies and meet you by your tent. He walked away. A few minutes later, she had the children settled with Tomoa, who was finishing preparing lunch, and exited her teepee to find Anakasan approaching, leading three painted ponies by three sets of reins. One was pulling a travoy, loaded with supplies, large black kettles that looked as though they came from an English kitchen, long bone knives, 
wooden spoons, and as many clay pots as he could fit, all tied down with leather straps under a thick buffalo hide. Here, he said, handing her the reins for one of them. Are you ready? She climbed onto her pony's back and gathered up the reins. Let's go, she said. Without a word, he nodded and headed out, with Maria following close behind. She'd been with the people for almost a year now, and she felt as though she'd earned her place as a fellow member of the tribe. Hanavi trusting her on such a journey was further proof of that, as was Anankasan's willingness to make peace. They rode in silence for hours, following the winding creek downstream from the village. In places they had to climb up steep embankments or squeeze the ponies through narrow gaps in the thick woods, bird calls echoing around them.